evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you, along with Stephanie Burke and the silent assassin Matt Costa. And we are here to talk with you about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. And uh, it's kind of a paranormal looking night out there right now. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. I was dense fog. I was uh, just at Lizzie Borden's a little while ago. You were. want to say hi to Bill and Karen and P3 Paranormal and happy birthday to them. And happy birthday to Moniz, by the way. Yes. Well, to Bill. Happy birthday to Bill. Uh, it was a couple of days ago, but today is actually Moniz's birthday. It is. And he's over there with the P3 crew as they investigate Lizzie Borden's. So uh, hopefully there's some activity over there for them. It was they, they were doing the tour when I got there, so I didn't get the chance to actually stir much up. I did I did yell the I word and then left. Did you? Mm-hmm. So that should help, I would think. <laughs> but they're in for a long night over there, if that's the case. Right. Um, so that's where, uh, that's where Moniz is, but we are here to talk with you about the paranormal. And as I was driving to Fall River, uh, I left, you know, the the Wareham area, and I start driving down 195, and all of a sudden the sky gets darker, and it gets misty out and foggy out, and I'm like, well, now this is feeling like a night for a paranormal investigation. Of course. And when I got there, I could just, you know, I could, I, you can kind of sense when the how well, you can, Stephanie, because yes, you I have can. the abilities, <laughs> but, you know, for the rest of us, you can kind of sense when it's going to be an active night at Lizzie Borden's, and I was kind of getting that feeling uh, when I was over there, so hopefully they have good luck and that they stay safe. And they said, if anything major goes on, they're going to shoot me a message, and uh, maybe we'll connect with them on the air. That's awesome. So we'll see what happens. Uh, But we do have a great show planned for you coming up uh, in just a little while. We'll be joined by Victoria Reno's daughter. She is an astrologer for one of the biggest astrology sites on the Internet. That's awesome. And we are now in our 10th year of broadcasting the show. Mm-hmm. We'll hit our 10th anniversary next January, and we have never talked astrology. I was just going to ask you that. Have we ever had an astrologer on? Because I'm still never. fairly new. That's kind of more my my side of things, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. We have never covered that topic. Uh, and, and what's interesting about Victoria is we've been online friends for a while now, mm-hmm. and we have conversations about different aspects of the paranormal, and, and she can cover a variety of different topics, and we're going to do that tonight. But I really want to get at the root of how all this astrology stuff works because I I don't understand it, and I've never understood it. To me, it's always just you know like a little column that ran in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks that you know the horoscopes are it. That's your sun sign, which is great. But you're from what I do know because um, I delved a little bit into it. But um, you have three parts that make up your actual personality: your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. And once I figured out what my moon and my rising sign was, my personality made so much more sense to me because I'm not a typical Aries, which is my sun sign. Um, And a lot of people would point that out. Aries are usually pretty headstrong, you know, like confrontation, things like that. That wasn't really me. I am headstrong, but we won't go there. Um, So it's very interesting. Uh, Somebody we actually had on Spirit Connections um, had just run my birth chart quickly and it's pretty scientific. Well, they need to know the, the exact time that you were born and where because the planet alignments and the degrees that they were at and everything like that really feed into everything that makes up you. See, a lot of that stuff now is just going right over my head as you're talking about it. So we're going to need Victoria to break it all down for I us. I can't wait for her to do it. And she'll be, I mean, she's one of the most popular astrologers on that site. And, uh, and, and really, you know, she's built quite a following. So 
she can kind of break it down. I, I think she can do a pretty good job of making even somebody as dumb as me understand You're it. You're not dumb. Well, in terms of that, I am. I have no knowledge whatsoever. Well, a lot of people think it's girly. You know, and, I, and I'm not afraid to admit that I always kind of did. You know, yeah. I always felt that it was uh, a little bit on the the lighter side of things, you know, more the right. feminine connection of things. Uh, you know, not to be sexist, but that's no, just, not at all. Just the it's way just, that I felt. you know, the female type just kind of likes to know about like their love life or how their week's going to go, things like that. Guys just kind of do their own thing. Yeah, whatever happens, happens. Although one astrologer that I think Matt might remember, uh, I'm not sure if you if you remember. It. I, I knew I was going to turn on the wrong microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, do you remember uh, on on the old days of WBCN? Do you remember the Cosmic Muffin, Daryl Martini? Uh, I vaguely do. There's a lot of food in one conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he used to call in and do the the uh, the Cosmic Muffin report on uh, on Charles Laquadera's show, but he's he's passed away. But that would have been the person that I would have, if if he hadn't died, he would have been the first astrologer we ever had on the show. I would have tried to get him. <laughs> But uh, he was that would have been a good get. It would have been, yeah. yeah. He was he was definitely a character, as they say in the industry. I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we we had a, a pretty good get last week with our guest Amy Bruni, and uh, that show has just uh, taken off in terms of the downloads. And if you ever miss an episode of Spooky South Coast, well, of course we love having you here live Saturday nights from ten to midnight here on the new fourteen twenty WBSM. But if you can't listen live, we always have the podcast up. Uh, via iTunes or wherever podcasts are found, where you have the opportunity to download the show and listen to it later. And a lot of folks who listen to the show live mm-hmm. go back and listen to the podcast later because there's things that they missed and, right. and things that they want to delve into a little bit more. If you're out driving around on Saturday night listening to the show, you can't really look up some of the stuff we're talking about or watch it on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, which is another great way to, to experience the show. But you want to go back later on and, and dig into it a little bit more. Uh, we appreciate that, but we love having the live interaction when the show is on the air. Uh, you can do so if you want to call us. You can call us at any point during the program at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. But you can also tweet us as well, at SpookySC. Or you can talk about the show on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive. And we save that hashtag. We reserve that for when the show is on the air so that... We can feed all those tweets right into Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, and you'll see them all appear in that little box there, and you can engage in the conversation that way as well. And some nights, you know, the, the phones might not be ringing, but people are, are highly interactive on Twitter. Whatever works for you, however you're comfortable talking about the subject of the paranormal with us, we try to make it as accessible as possible for you. Uh, the, the other thing that uh, can happen during the course of the week is that people want to get in touch with us. And you can always tweet us at that address, at SpookySC, or you can email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, that's another way that you can reach out to us as well. If you have a problem, if you have a topic of discussion that you'd like us to cover on the show, and even if you just want to check in and let us know who you are and where you're listening from, uh, we welcome all of that. We love that. We love to hear from the people that are <coughs> listening to the show because really, we, we wonder. We wonder where you're from. We know that we have listeners all over the world, both on WBSM.com, SpookySouthCoast.com, the Radio Pup app, and now on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Uh, there's 
so many ways that people can experience the show that, you know, we don't know where everybody is checking in from. So you just can shoot find us, us an email. anywhere. Um, and speaking of checking in, we got an email this week from Tom from Boise, Idaho. Um, so thank you so much for your email and checking in with us and letting us know how long you've been listening and how we're doing. We love to hear from you guys. So please, please. Whether it be Twitter, whether it be the email, it doesn't matter. Let us know who you are, where you're from, how long you've been listening. We'd love to hear from our our, um, our listeners. And we uh, we did find we did find a small stack of bumper stickers. Did you? Yes. There's probably only about thirty or forty left. I feel like every time we we say we're out, we find like three, <laughs> and then well, just to show you that I I'm not have one somewhere. Just to show you how much of I feel like they're oil, and it's just a renewable resource. I have a T-shirt, <laughs> like an like original. Maybe these, I should auction it off. The, the bumper stickers are just made from the uh, from the bones of dead dinosaurs. Right. <laughs> it's, it's actually coming from the Earth's crust. They're not even sticky. These might be. I don't know. I haven't tried them yet. But just to show you how much of a non-drinker I am, uh, a few weeks ago I was cleaning out my my home office and I opened up my liquor cabinet Mm -hmm. to put a couple of uh, little bottles that I had on the shelf on top. I wanted to put them inside because, you know, my liquor cabinet is really just my my record player holder. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to put those inside. When I opened it up, there was a stack of bumper stickers. I was like, oh, (laughs) I didn't know those were in there. Things you find. Yeah, also in there I found the money that D.B. Cooper stole. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I don't think Steph's familiar with the story nope, of D.B. Cooper. don't know what's going on. He found the real guy from Shawshank Redemption. That's why he was in the news. <laughs> yep, exactly. He was working on a boat, and uh, he was sanding it down. But, uh, no, I did find a small stack of bumper stickers, so we will be giving some away in the coming weeks. We'll come up with some creative ways to do so, because people want these things. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know but why. But it's really, really funny when I'm out driving around... And I'm driving behind somebody with a spooky South Coast sticker. And it's not one of us. Right. Because I won't put one on my car. I don't have one on mine either. Because I'm afraid of what will happen if I do. I always People wanna, throw eggs at it. Oh, my God. I want to honk at them and wave. I don't even know if they know who I was if I was driving past them. So. I'd be like, who's that girl in that giant car? <laughs> yeah, what's going driving, on? Driving by us like a jerk, staring at us. <laughs> waving like <laughs> waving a, a taco, Waving a taco at us. <laughs> Are you trying to say something? No. I just realized everybody at home can probably see my taco mess in front it's of me. It's just product placement. Right. We are working on getting the, the Taco Bell sponsorship and for my, the show. My box of tissues. So I apologize to everybody at home that I sound ridiculous right now, but I have a sinus infection. L- listen, listen. <laughs> WBSM, the new 1420 WBSM, they would not mind making a little extra scratch off of this show. So right. we can certainly, there's there's naming rights available for this program. It's out there. So, you know, if Taco Bell is listening, which I'm sure they are, if they're listening Absolutely. and they want to sponsor the show with a naming rights deal, we have no problem with Taco Bell Presents Spooky South Coast. Exactly. It worked for the Dana Carvey show. <laughs> what a better time to start fourth meal than 10 p.m. on a Saturday right. night. Absolutely. And, and, you know, just don't, just don't go to the local Taco Bell looking for breakfast. We won't talk about that. Yeah. It's a... It is, it is a sore subject, but uh, we will definitely uh, we'll definitely contact Taco Bell see what they think about that. How about Coca Cola? Yep, yep. We could certainly. <laughs> we're, we're promoting Coca Cola tonight as well on Spooky TV. It's uh, this is what happens. This this is the fuel that gets us through two hours on a Saturday night. It does. So especially after my week, they should take advantage of it. But one one uh, product placement product endorsement that we've given over the last few months uh, because it's something that we've been very interested in is the ghost arc yes. and the prototypes the betas should be rolling off the assembly line sometime this month 
That's exciting. And we are supposed to get one here at Spooky South Coast that we'll be utilizing on Legend Trips events. There's been some kind of a hang-up mm-hmm. with, and i got to find out the exact <clears throat> details, but because of their relationship with the Ghost Asylum television show, mm-hmm. they have asked that people hold back from using these at public events. Okay. But we're also supposed to be testing them and writing about them as part of the review process of the of the, the betas. So I want to find out exactly what's that going to entail. And also, does my relationship with Ghost Asylum mean that I can circumvent that and then I can uh, see I don't know all I know is I don't I don't want to jeopardize the relationship that Ghost Ark has built with the show and I don't want to jeopardize the relationship that I have with the show either because right you know I enjoy writing for that program and researching that program so I'd like to keep doing that a lot of questions so we'll find out for sure but uh, once it's in our hands for sure at the very least we will have uh, a discussion about it here on the show we will try it out and we will let you know and we'll report to you what we think uh, but uh, that should be coming in the next few weeks to a month, I would assume. I can tell you that right now, I've, I've been visiting every week a very haunted location as we rehearse for the ghost stories in the Where are you going without me? But now I know. Well, there's some news coming about that location. All I'm going to say is people need to get on to legendtrips.com and sign up for the email list if you're not already a member, because then you get first crack at tickets to these yes, events. And that email list is no joke. That goes out to everybody else before the general public, and it's usually either half sold out or completely sold out before it goes out to the public. They they move quick off that list, and, and what's great about it is uh, when we set up that brief exclusive window, mm-hmm. you know, we we see the regulars coming back every yes. time. So it's like a little family that comes to these events. Uh, but I love we, going to see everybody, familiar faces, have conversations. It's it's like a family reunion every single time. Uh, in, in this location, again, I, I, I'm not going to say it tonight. If you go back to previous episodes, you'll know where we've been rehearsing the show. But where we were the other night, we were actually sitting there, and the idea was that we were going to do a run-through of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were running the pictures, which uh, if you're unfamiliar with this show, it is sold out, uh, but it's going to feature the photography of Frank Grace, who is a local photographer here on the South Coast, who takes the most amazing photographs. If you've been to the Legend Trips website, if you have the Haunted New England calendar, this is Frank's work. If you've ever seen the picture of the Orpheum Theater in New Bedford that's on every Haunted Locations website in the world. Yes, or just go to trigphotography.com to check it out. You'll see all of Frank's haunting photos. And we're running through the show with the photos behind us. And I'm sitting at the very back table. I've got my computer plugged in so I can make any notes I need to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, sitting in front of me to my left is Jeff Belanger. And sitting in front of me to my right is Andrew Lake. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking uh, at Carl Johnston, who's presenting a story. As I'm sitting there, I just see this weird blue light appear out of nowhere mm-hmm. behind Andrew and go kind of in a diagonal line over to where Jeff is, and then disappear. Okay. Now, I couldn't explain it. There was a bug that was flying around the room, but it was like a moth that was darting all around around the the spotlights uh, because they have track lighting in the room. And it was darting all around and going back and forth, and I never saw it make a similar line, and I never saw it make a similar blue light. So what was your initial reaction? My initial reaction was just just something weird in my... My line of vision. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I, because of the lo- the location we were at, I looked to see if there was any lights coming in or from cars driving by or if there was something else in the room that would have been reflective. Mm-hmm. So I can't be 100% certain that it wasn't anything that couldn't have been explained away by my cell phone screen being on the table or my laptop, but I was trying to 
recreate it as best I could, and I couldn't. So maybe it was something, maybe it wasn't. But uh, it's a pretty creepy room. Carl did say that it has been reported there. So it, um, I've done readings in that room. I've been alone in that room completely. And um, while sitting on one end, I've heard footsteps. I've heard chairs moving on the other end um, to the point where I don't usually get spooked too easily. And I wanted out of there. So it very well could have been something paranormal. I'm waiting for you to have that like one undeniable moment that you could never... Oh, I've had that. I know, but even even more so than that. Like, in front of your face, you can't deny it's staring you in the face. No, I've, I've always, I was talking with Bill earlier tonight. You know, I've, I've had it proven to me, and I'm, I'm confident uh, that the paranormal is legitimate. And not all aspects of the paranormal, but certainly ghostly phenomena. Uh, I'm not ready to say that I think that it's dead people, but I think that there's something right. to but it. But I'm waiting for you to have that, like, apparition... Standing in front of me. So that tell looks them. Like a, like a person. Talk to them. Talk to them. Tell them to do it. Or. I've come close. One time I came close. Uh, when. <coughs> I, I guess you could say I saw a, a full bodied apparition. Okay. When we were doing our first event. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even Legend Trips then. It was when we were doing the, um, the Water the, Street Cafe. Okay, I was there. The Paranite is mm-hmm. what we called it. And when we first went to go check out the location and talk with the owner mm-hmm. about having the event there, she was giving us the tour and she was showing us these angels. I think they were wooden angels that yes. she has over the restaurant area and telling us the story of how she acquired them. And while we were talking to her and she was telling us the story and we were looking up at them, I felt a woman come and stand next to me on my left-hand side. You know how you can kind of tell when yes. a presence is a male or a woman next to you? And so I turned and I looked and I saw her and then I just turned back and didn't pay any attention. And then when I looked again, there was nobody there. Okay. And there hadn't been anybody there. Okay. And they told me that there was a a former waitress that worked there whose spirit still hangs around. So they think that that's what I saw. But I saw a woman. That's pretty creepy. But it wasn't like full on turned and looked and and stared her in the face. But it was kind of just like I looked over and there was a Mm -hmm. woman there. So take that for what it is. But That's a pretty... Extreme situation. I guess you just kind of take it so lightly. <laughs> well, I, I would have felt differently screaming. if I had stared at her and I looked at her and mm-hmm. we'd made eye contact. You know, if I had like a Nick Roth, Linda Vista moment, right? That might have been a little bit of a different experience. But you know, because it was kind of out of the corner of my eye, and I can't be a hundred percent certain that nobody did walk up next to me, even though the two waitresses that were on both said neither one of them were near me. When have it you ever experienced a visitation? From a spirit? From a past loved one. Yeah, in dreams. Okay, but not in while you're awake. Can't be sure, because one of them, I'm not sure if I was fully awake or if I was dreaming. Okay. But, which I wrote about in my book, Haunted Objects, Stories of Ghosts in Your Shelf. <laughs> Co-written with Christopher Balzano. Available on? Everywhere books are found. There you go. Except shelves. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, but that's uh, absolutely... Um, well, well, see, I'm getting messages already from the folks over at Lizzie's. Awesome. They, uh, they're they already having experiences. So uh, good. Good. I'm glad that something's happening over there. Uh, but uh, we will uh, be checking in with our guest now. She just messaged me and says now Sounds we're good. to call. So certainly, absolutely. And during the course of the discussion, if you're watching on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, you'll see we put the information about our guests on the screen underneath. We give the website address for them. We give their Twitter handle. 
Uh, and, of course, you can always get that from our tweets and from our posts. Really, this is all about spreading information. Mm-hmm. You know, some shows, there are, you know, they're, they're coming at it with a certain approach. When we, f- when we started doing this, there was, what, Matt, a handful of paranormal shows? You could probably count them on one hand. Yeah, maybe. How many podcasts? And, and there weren't really any real radio shows on, on terrestrial stations. Uh, but we've found that over the years, as, as this topic has exploded, it's become more of a matter of people want to come at this with their own perspective and their own angle. And they try to shape the conversation about that. We've never been about that, and I certainly won't be doing that tonight when we talk with Victoria now about astrology and, and other topics. But if it sounds like my ignorance is coming through, both of you guys here in the room, Stephanie and Matt, feel free to tell me that I'm sounding like an ignorant idiot. Okay. Because I don't, I don't have any real preconceived notions about the topic. Um, I really don't. And so I hope that my questions don't sound like I do. I just, it's really something that I want to learn about that I'm very unfamiliar with. And, and I think that I have the best teacher on the air for us. So joining us now on the line, we have Victoria Reinert's, Reinert's daughter. Did I say that right, Victoria? Is that the right way to say it? Uh, you're fine, yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm, if I'm not right, feel free to correct me. Okay. So so what's the correct correct, correct pronunciation? I can't even say correct pronunciation right. It, it's Reinert's daughter. Okay. She just changed the way she pronounces her name to make me feel better. No, no. <laughs> so we've been uh, we've been chatting on online for a while now, but this is the first time we've had a chance to have an actual conversation. I know, isn't it weird? It's a little weird, and it's, but it's not. You know, I, I I always have a problem though when I'm interviewing somebody that I've had conversations with and that I know well. I always want to make sure that I cover the proper ground. So if I skip over anything, feel free to interject. And, and really, like I always tell everybody, it's not an interview, it's a conversation. Okay. So you have been an astrologer now for, for a while, and, and the website that you work for, again, is? Oh, uh, Astrology Answers. And this is one of the biggest sites in the world for, for astrology, right? Yes. Now... Did you first get involved with doing this on, on, a, on a personal basis, uh, on a one-on-one basis, or did you start getting involved with the website? How is it that you came to become known as an astrologer? Um, actually, uh, well, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that I do, it's just because I, I studied a bunch of different divination methods growing up. Um, I've got hippie parents, and so... I, I got really interested in some of these things because it started out with uh, my dad having tarot cards around, and I, you know, I just got curious. So I started playing around with stuff and just studying the history, I mean, more the history and the lore behind all of it. And when you study that stuff, you, you know, you tend to figure out how the methods of using it, and with astrology, it's one of those things that every time I think I know a whole lot, I meet somebody who just blows my mind. And that's what happened with this. Um, I have a really close friend who has been doing astrology since the days of slide rules and, you know, back in the, in the 60s and 70s. And um, she said, you know, hey, this company that I'm working for, they're, they're looking for help, and I know you'd be awesome at it. And so... Uh, I applied, and that's what happened. Hmm. 
because you know it's it it seems to me like a lot of times we talk to people that have abilities and when you know like my co-host Stephanie she has abilities she's a, a spirit medium and she has psychic abilities and sometimes she can read my mind and I think she is right now uh, but that song is in my head now <laughs> but she is you know and, and we talk to other people like her that have these these gifts is is astrology is it something that is within you and and you feel can be a gift or is it something that is a science that is to be studied I don't know if I call it a science. I know that a lot of people in my field would get mad at me for that, but the fact of the matter is um, I've read the studies on it, and I understand, you know, that there's nothing empirical. Um, the way that I look at it is with astrology, it's not so much a gift, but the way that you are able to interpret it and convey that to people, that's where the gift comes in. Um, pretty much anybody can draft a natal chart, pretty much anybody can, you know, study up on what these planetary positions mean. But then the way that you convey them to people, I mean, you have some people who are like, the stars control your every move. And then you have other people who are like, well, no, this is a bit like Jungian archetypes. You can use this. And that's usually where I try to go with it. But I wouldn't say astrology is so much a gift, um, just in its own right, it's, um, I mean, for people like uh, my friend Charlie, she's been doing this for so long. Um, one of one of my coworkers, Richard, he is too. And to call it a gift would be kind of downplaying the amount of study that they've put in and sure. the work that they've put in to learn it. That's what I think. But, I mean, you know. So it's, it's, it's more about interpretation and application than it is anything else. That's what I would say, yeah. Has there been, uh, you know, and as you've studied this and, and as you've gotten better at being able to study this, has it become easier to make some of those interpretations? Do you kind of, are, are, are there archetypes in, in people and archetypes in, in certain life paths that they might follow? You know, I, I, I've seen it um, when I first started, like, actually doing this. Um, I was probably about 17, and... At first, I thought, okay, this is, you know, this is silly, you know, like most people do. And then I started to realize that, um, yes, um, while, you know, I could tell you, oh, I'm a Capricorn, so this means I'm this, it really, it really only touches the surface of things in terms of when you do get into the chart. And then, because for me, I, I look at the Capricorn stuff, and I think a lot of people are like this. You look at the sunshine stuff and you're like, that's not even close. That's not me. But then when you when you get into studying further, you realize, oh, my gosh, there's a whole bunch that comes into play here. So it does tend to, um, I mean, of course, you know, you have people who are going to read whatever they want to into whatever they want to. But um, as far as astrology goes, I would, yeah, I would say that I've definitely met a lot of people who, you know, they they come into it they, you know they come at me with the, the very you know um, almost fundamental fundamentalist skeptic stance you know you and I have talked about that the sort of um, I don't know nose in the air kind of deal right but then you know you explain these things to them and they're like wow you know that's totally weird I still don't believe you but that's totally weird <laughs> but, <laughs> you but I would I would think out of everything that we 
discuss and everything that you are knowledgeable in and, you know, all different aspects of, of research, I would have to think that for skeptics, astrology might be the easiest thing for people to digest because there is some fact-based accumulation of data. Um, I would think so, too. But, I mean, at the same time, you're, again, dealing with um, a sort of belief system that attracts um, some kind of not really cool people. And, you know, um, with I mean, throughout the history of, like, the whole professional psychic gig and all of that, we have seen so many examples of sort of wannabe gurus who take this to another level where they begin to exploit people rather than, you know, say, okay, this is a really cool tool. You can use this, and it can help you sort of um, – nail some things down, uh, but I think the problem, it, it's sort of the lie down with, this is what I deal with all the time, that whole lie down with dogs, get up with fleas thing where, you know, there have been so many professional psychics and astrologers who have done some really messed up stuff. Right. So, and they do it on these huge national levels, and I've I've never understood how you get that full of yourself, you know, like. <laughs> well, I think when the bigger the spotlight gets, the the bigger the need to perform for it is. I guess I I I'm not really sure I ever want the spotlight that big. You know? well, but I mean, there's been some astrologers who have made it pretty far. Uh, I mean, you know, the rumor has it Ronald Reagan didn't do anything without consulting Gene Dixon. And yeah. so to have the year of a president is uh, is is pretty big time. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, that, what, but how much can can what's in the stars for people? How much can it have an influence in in their daily life? I mean, how much should they pay attention uh, to, for example, what their horoscope tells them? Well, I'll be really honest. Uh, the newspaper horoscope, um, as far as that goes, you can you can look at that and you can be like, oh, well, that's cool. Um, I tend to try to write mine that are they're, they're a little more uplifting. So you start the day out. You're you're either laughing at some dumb joke I made or whatever. Um, I go I, I go by the ephemeris. I go by the moon. I do all of that. But at the same time, when I make when I make a daily horoscope, it's it's very very general. Um, it's supposed to be, you know. So with that, I'm not sure I would plan my day, you know, around the the newspaper horoscope kind of thing, but. I also, I'm also not really keen on, I need to, I don't know, I'm not really keen on crutches. Right. And so I think that it's a re, again, it, it's, it's kind of like, uh, any other thing that helps you to think about things in a kind of organized way. Well, so in that, it can be very useful day to day. Well, you, be, know? you know, being the, I don't know, just kind of the, the jerk kid that I was. <laughs> when when I was younger, my aunt was big into her daily horoscope, and, and she had a variety of different ways of getting that. This is pre-internet. So one of the things that she would do, she would buy the National Enquirer. She would buy Soap Opera Digest. She would buy those little books at the checkout stand that have your you know your horoscopes in them, and she would buy all these. And what I would do is I would take them all, and I would find what the horoscope was supposed to be for me, in each one, and I would kind of copy them all down and compare them, and they were always so different. Well, again, that's with that one, it's going to be, it's down to how the astrologer interprets it. And being really honest, um, uh, 
this is more the freelance writer side of me. Mm-hmm. But being really honest, I have seen ads for um, some of these horoscope writing jobs, which uh, in recent years that's starting to die down. I mean, people aren't really, you know, hiring for that so much anymore. But I have seen ads and followed through on them where they said, you know, just make something up. And that's really not what a daily horoscope actually is. But I, I think that a lot of people do that, you know. Yeah, well, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And, and especially back then when there was, you know, it, there wasn't a lot of data checking, fact checking that could be done. It wasn't as easy as going on the Internet and seeing if these people were right. So it was more of a matter of just kind of, I think what people did is they picked and choose which ones they wanted to listen to. And they well, said, you know what, that one sounds good. I think I'll go with that. That's my actual horoscope. Yeah, and then, well, the other thing with that kind of deal is, you know, back then, you you couldn't um, exactly, when you, when, you, uh, when you have a daily horoscope, a lot of them don't mention, you know, like the exact transits or whatever that's going on. Therefore, you have no way to know whether that's completely inaccurate and made up or whether or not the astrologer just interpreted it differently than another one would. So... Well, we do have a call on the line, and we are willing to take some, some calls from listeners uh, throughout the course of the show, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. We just want to keep them on topic. Uh, I know that sometimes, you know, on Saturday night people can, can drift into other areas, but we're going to try and keep them topic central, so we'll see if we can take this call. Uh, good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Victoria. Hello. How are you this evening? Hello. Do you have a, do you have a question for Victoria? Yes, I was just wondering uh, if she uh, uh, agrees with me in the fact that most or all religions are based on astrology, and if so, I'm um, just wondering what her thoughts would be on the fact that we're coming out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, and if so... Um, you think that we are? Are we already in that age of Aquarius or not? Uh, Tim. Yes. Could you hear the question? No, I really couldn't. It was breaking up. Oh, my apologies. Uh, he want, the caller wants to know uh, how you feel about the idea that uh, all religions are based on astrology, and your thoughts on moving from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. Oh wow, that's a good one. Um, actually, I don't believe that all uh, religions, I mean, there, there is enough um, theological history to indicate that, no, um, all religions aren't, I mean, that, I don't know. I, I've, I've read enough to think that uh, all religions have a very common, uh, maybe psychiatric theme. I, should, I probably shouldn't say that, but yeah, I think they do. But I don't think that they necessarily all tie back into astrology as the starting point. Um, as far as moving into the age of Aquarius, that's another one that, I mean, a lot of people are debating whether or not that's actually happening. Um, I kind of think that it is, um, personally, because, I mean, we are seeing so much, you know, revolutionary action, so much... Uh, you think about the Internet and what a platform that it has become for relaying all manner of creativity, um, you know, expression. And I, I think that, yeah, I think that there's a lot of, I don't know, I, I personally I think that, yeah, we are. We're, we're coming from 
a time frame when things were a little more, uh, you know, like the the me generation of the 80s and all. Except now with the Internet, I mean, sure, now there's still a whole lot of that egocentric stuff going on. But at the same time, we are so much more aware of the world around us. And we have the capability to be so much more aware of everything, you know. And you don't even have to get into any kind of spirituality to, to realize that with the Internet, with the way that everything is so connected now. Anything you really want to know the actual story behind, you can reach out and you can contact somebody in that local area. You no longer have to rely on what you're being told. Of course, you you know, you're still being told by somebody, but you can get it right from somebody there. Right, and you can you and can be responsible for the accumulation of your own information. Exactly, and that's a really, I think that's a really powerful thing, and it could be, I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of the innovations we're seeing in communication, um, I really feel like these are, you know, these are things that, it, it just, it blows my mind sometimes. I mean, um, our generation, aren't we, we're like the last to really, truly remember dialogue, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> That kind of thing. And now everything is lightning fast. All the information you could possibly want, some that you probably don't want, just right in front of your face. And I think that as far as what we've been, <clears throat> what what the age of Aquarius is supposed to be, this is actually a, a really good, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, um, yeah, I, I think with words. <laughs> but I think it, it, it really does seem to me as though, um, on that level, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a shifting of consciousness for sure. Yeah, I've, I've been studying for oh, oh, over 10 years now, and it all seems to go back to astrology and with religions and everything else. So I just, I just wanted to know how you felt about that. So. Right. Well, thank you very much for the call. Very good. Have thank a great you. night. Bye. And if anybody else has any questions, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 are the numbers. Or you can tweet them to us uh, using the hashtag SpookyLive. Uh, but, I mean, what can people expect if we are moving into the age of Aquarius, Victoria? What, what does that mean? What can we expect to see change? I think that you, as far as that goes, with the expanding of consciousness, I, you know, I'm really trying not to put so much. I, I know Greg hates this word, but... That, you know, woo. Uh, I adopted that word. I love that word, to tell you the truth. And people, you know, people say that what I do is woo or whatever. You know, I adore that word. I think it fits. Because um, when I try to explain things like this, sometimes I feel like I'm getting a little woo. And for me, that means vague, you know, vague and kind of I, I, if I express something in a way that I can later manipulate to be like, no, I was right, see. Um, but as far as uh how I see things expanding in consciousness, I mean, that's all extremely specific stuff. You know, we have a, a greater interest in different spiritualities now because we, we also have greater access to information about those spiritualities. We have greater access to information about the paranormal because now we have people inventing all manner of gadgets to, you know, check out things that they couldn't do before. You know, I mean, back in the day, what was it? A flashlight and a pendulum, you know? Or you light a candle and you hope the flame does this, that, and the other? But, I mean, even Something. now, we, we have to have that 
change in our consciousness to be able to to make those things work. I think. I mean, before if we weren't as attuned as a species, uh, no matter what we had, it, it's still you're you're not going to be able to measure anything because we're not getting ourselves up into a higher state of being. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. For me, um, I know there's there's a lot of like tension between the more spiritually oriented and the more tech oriented uh, fields, especially like in, in respect to what you're you know what you're doing with the paranormal. You see this all the time. People don't want to have a medium on staff because that that looks too ooh you know or whatever. But man, I gotta tell you, for me, I'm standing behind this guy at Ashmore. And he has the, 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 the purple, I am a brain fart, the, the camera, that, uh, full spectrum, mm-hmm. right? And I'm standing behind him. He's looking at the screen. I'm looking ahead. There's a guy right in front of us. And I see this shadow figure just go right in front of the guy. The, the, the man that it walked in front of, he didn't see it. But the guy saw it on the camera, and I saw it. So for me, that was amazing, and I can't imagine why, you know, the spiritual end of things would shy away from tech, but at the same time, I can't really imagine why the tech end of things shies away from spirituality, because they they both kind of feed into one another. Right, I mean, they, they have to be working in harmony for, for it to happen, I think. Well, they really can, yeah. Well, I mean, and you mentioned, you know, the... The fact that you know paranormal researchers are aren't willing to accept a lot of this. I mean, what has been some of the uh, questions and, and some of the problems that people in the paranormal field, as much as we don't want to use that word, but you know, people in the paranormal, what have they thought about astrologers? What, what's been the general consensus that that you've felt? Um, I've had a couple of people um, ask me about. It's not so much the paranormal itself, um, except for. When you get into some of the transits, like right now, uh, there's a Pluto retrograde. And Pluto is the lord of the underworld. And so when there's a retrograde, the um, the influence is supposedly stronger. And they say that it makes the sort of veil between worlds a lot thinner, right? And it makes those who have abilities, um, the, the influence is supposed to kind of jack those abilities up and... Uh, I, I had a conversation with somebody. I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna name him here in case he, he doesn't want me to. But um, I had a conversation with him because he has a passion for the paranormal, and he's like really sweet and wonderful. And I said, "Hey, could I test the theory? You know, I want to see if there is a tie-in to astrology and the paranormal." And he said, "Sure." Well, as it turns out, uh, not only him, but pretty much everybody that I have talked to who actually has a real passion for paranormal investigation and all of that, there is a, a strong Pluto prevalence in their chart, which is kind of interesting to me, being as that's exactly what it deals with. You know, death, transformation, the other world. And so, in a way, you could tie astrology to the paranormal, but I wouldn't say in any way that would really validate, you know, like I can't, I can't say, well, your horoscope says that you really did see that, you know. Right. But I can, I can, I can look at a chart now, and I'm starting to realize that the that you know a lot of the people who have this really true passion for it do have that influence, which is is interesting. But it's not something that I had studied prior to this. It was um, 
I was taught the, the reason I started was I was talking to my friend Jen, and she's all into Ouija boards and stuff. And I said to her, I was like, "Hey, you know, do you think that this Pluto thing?" And well, lo and behold, the more the more people I talked to and the more people I looked into, it, it is a thing. So. It could be. Well, I, I like the fact that, uh, you, you know, the more, I guess the more people are willing to believe in their own research, the more other things they might be willing to accept as well. You know, if you, and, and once you have your eyes opened in one realm of experience, then it makes it a little bit easier to digest other things as well. You know, I, I've seen so many over the years, and we've talked about it here on the show, where there's there's ghost people that think that the Bigfoot people are nuts, or the UFO people are nuts. And there's UFO people that think those of us who run around in the dark looking for ghosts are a bunch of idiots. So there's been so much of that over the years that I think now maybe this is part of that getting toward the age of Aquarius, but I think now they're starting to see the light and start to work with each other a little bit more and understand, hey, what I do is kind of weird too. And well, just because I think that what you do is strange doesn't mean that it isn't right. In, in terms of... In terms of an age of Aquarius train of thought, if you consider that the reason that you have, you know, one branch of research sort of crapping on another is usually egocentrism anyway. I mean, because you consider that, that paranormal people are so used to being laughed at or mocked, and then maybe somebody is like, I'm looking for werewolves or whatever, and they're like, ha, 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 see, see, he's more ridiculous than me. And I think that's what that is. It's not, it isn't about, well, I, I can believe in ghosts and think that Bigfoot is bullshit. Oh, sorry, am I allowed to say that? No, but that's all right. It's, I'm... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, I think, Just spicing I, things up. Uh, well, this is what I think. I think that when you, whenever you see this kind of thing, or you see somebody who who is really unnecessarily harshing on somebody else's field or their research or their passion or whatever, but they don't really have um, a logical counter-argument. It, it's simply, I think that's ridiculous. You know, then you, you boil this down, and when you get to the heart of it, you in, inevitably you find somebody who has been marginalized and who feels insecure in what they do so if they can if they can make themselves feel better by making somebody else feel like they're ridiculous well then they're going to do it but it's really really silly you know yeah well i think that's part of it and i certainly there's there's a topic that i know you want to get into in the next hour and we certainly can do that uh but i do think that a lot of what goes on is a jockeying for position to some degree. Mm -hmm. uh, but we will definitely get into that more because we only have about three minutes left in this hour before we have to take a break for the network news. Uh, and then we'll come back with more with our guest, Victoria Arena's daughter. And if you have any questions, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420 are the numbers. You can also use Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive, or you can email us SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But there's, there's a lot that I definitely want to cover uh, coming up. But... For you, I mean, this being something that you have now dedicated your life to, it, it seems like you have taken the approach of, you know, those who believe are going to believe. You know, it's not like us where we have to be kind of preaching the word of paranormal investigation or, or, or Stephanie, you know, trying to help people make that connection with the other side. It sounds like with you, you just take the approach of, hey, this is what I do, and you can buy into it or not, and I'm not going to try and sway you one way or the other. 
Well, that's kind of a shaman thing, less an astrologer thing, but, <laughs> you know. Right, whatever whatever works for you, you know, whatever yep. whatever gives you the, the right path to go down. Mm-hmm. Before we right. go, before we go on break, Victoria, could you explain quickly because we only have a few minutes what the age of Aquarius is to people that are listening at home that might just assume that it's just a song, or they've only it's heard the song, song and they have though, no idea. It's a catchy song, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's to to put it short. I mean, there's been a lot of theories about what it is, what it isn't, but to put it in a, in, in a short order, it's more of a, a time of expansion uh, of consciousness and of more of a lifting up of the artists and the create the creative types. Um, sort of a time when uh, do, you, do you know much about the, the the sign Aquarius? I know it's a water sign. Yeah, it's more about being fluid and mm-hmm. being able to kind of go with the flow. And But also, if you consider that water is very transformative in a number of different ways, then you could look at the age of Aquarius as a time of great transformation when a lot of things are taking place that either have been going on for a long time, similar to, you know, the old river through the Grand Canyon analogy, or it could be like a big tsunami and things just up upend you know, right away. So, well, I think, awesome. I think that's the, the the best way to simplify exactly what it was supposed to be. No, that was great. That was awesome. And if uh, you know, if I was a little bit better of a, a producer here behind the board, I would throw up the song as we have to lead ourselves out into the news. But we are up against the news break. When we come back on the other side. We will have more with our guest tonight, Victoria Reena's daughter, and we'll take your questions as well. Uh, again, the website is astrologyanswers.com if you want to find her work there. And we have a link up to her Facebook page on Spooky South Coast, uh, Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com as well if you want to check that out. Back in a bit with more Spooky South Coast. Number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg with you, along with Stephanie Burke and the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor Matt Moniz is out in the field tonight at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. And sorry if it if I let the opening theme there drag on a little bit, but I was, you know, that's usually the time when I try to send out the tweet that says tune in now for hour two. Right, so you're busy. Of Spooky South Coast, and <laughs> it takes me longer to type than I think it's going to. That's okay. But, uh, of course, you can follow along with us on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive. And some people have come back to me and asked and said, well, did you change the name of the show to SpookyLive? Because you always put that in there. I'm like, no, that's that's just the Twitter hashtag that eventually on a Saturday night we will have trending worldwide. It's going to happen. You think? No? Next week. Matt, you think we can get it trending worldwide? I think so. I'm confident. If we put up something really stupid, maybe we have a chance. People we like should cats. just listen. We need to go live on Periscope. You figure that out. You come back to us. You report. I did. Again, because I don't remember. I get, no, I didn't report yet, but I figured it out. All right. Yeah, but you so. stream is on PlayStation 4. Wait a minute. Did you just mention PlayStation 4? 
I did. on Spooky South Coast. So does that mean that they're going to send us a place each a PlayStation Four now? I, I think they should. Know what to do with one. This is you know you know that we signed pay, we signed payola yeah. agreements here, so right. we need to get them on board as actual sponsors first. Okay, then so we can talk about the greatness of PlayStation Four. Are you saying that we have to be 4. on Ustream because of? We don't have to. We, okay. No, we can be on everything. We, we don't, don't have, have to just to choose. We have to be exclusive. Right. We can still be on Ustream, but have you guys checked out Periscope at all? No. So I can sit here on my phone and broadcast live to whoever's my friend on Periscope, whoever's following me, and I could record the entire show. We could record like silly little things in our um, time you off know what air. That sounds a lot like Ustream. <laughs> See that? So we could be two different social networks. Hey, listen, we and can do whatever they'll let us do here at, at WBSM. They, they make the rules for us. So if they're cool with it, we're cool with it. I can't see why it would be a problem. Then let's it's do the it. the same thing as Twitter. Although Periscope gained way more followers in 10 days than any other social media as, uh, outlet ever. So, 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 did, so did Vine. Yeah, where'd that go? Vine. Where'd that go? <laughs> Well, of course, they got more followers. How'd they get them? By going on Twitter and telling them to come over to Periscope, right? It is a Twitter thing, so. Is it? Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll definitely look into it. There's, there's no reason why. We we should just do everything. We'll have, all the, we'll have all the interns take care of it. Yes, we have those. Minions. Right. They're, no, no, keep looking around. We sent them out for coffee <laughs> nine years ago. <laughs> They're actually spirits. They're getting Wendy's. <laughs> all right, well, we'll Which is get- delicious, by the way. By the way, whenever we put up... <laughs> We're just dropping all kinds of plugs now. Whenever, I hope that somebody I, will feed us. I put up a, a thing that says shameless product placement. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, good, good. Cause it's like it's like the Truman Show where, you know, it's, someone, it's reality, so we have to work in Maybe the, there'll be a big wig somewhere watching. You What's never know. You never know. You never know who's down with this show. something for you. <laughs> like a bumper sticker. <laughs> like a bumper sticker. I, I could take care of that for you. I see what you did we'll just there. go to my liquor, liquor cabinet. <laughs> Uh, let's get back into the discussion tonight with our guest, Victoria Reno's daughter. She is an astrologist for astrologyanswers.com, and uh, she's just an all-around cool person. And we're talking with her about a bunch of different topics. And uh, and during the break, you know, I discussed with Stephanie, uh, Victoria, one of the topics that you wanted to talk about. And I, I think it's fair enough to say that not everybody that is in your position as being one of the most read astrologers on the internet. One of the people that a lot of people in your position don't understand the responsibility that comes with that, that you are helping people shape what they do in their lives. And that, that's kind of an awesome responsibility. I wonder how much that actually enters into your mind from on a day to day basis. Oh, uh, a whole lot. I mean, there, uh, recently, um, I guess it was a month or two ago, they started allowing me to do stuff like actually in my name. And I started to get messages from people, a lot of messages from people. I, I talked to you about this. And it it really hits you. I mean, it, it, it's very humbling because you're sitting there and you're, you're reading these stories and understanding that, you know, these are people who really need help. Uh, I don't mean that in like the, you know, oh, take your meds, need help way. I mean, you know, people who need guidance sure. or whatever – and I think that a lot of a lot of people in this line of work just don't take that as seriously as they should, um, you know. Because if you have if you have people coming to you for advice and guidance on things that maybe um, I've seen situations where some people think, well, this 
you know, this doesn't matter to me, so why on earth is this? But the thing is, any question that somebody brings to you um, or, you know, even just the people who don't bring me questions but just read my stuff, you know, they're doing it for a reason, and it's important to them, whatever that reason is. And I take that really seriously because, you know, maybe I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't. You got okay, like you were you were posting about football, right? Yeah, a little bit. Je- Jeff Belanger made that that meme about uh, the Patriots and a witch hunt. I'm just saying, um, you know, I I don't understand the appeal, but at the same time, uh, you know, am I am I gonna? You know, am I going to make fun of you because you think it's great? No. Um, am I going, you know, if you, if this is something that's important to you as a person, then to me it's important because, well, I mean, it means something, you know? That's way more understanding than most people in the paranormal world are anyway. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about pretty much everything, you know. Um, I try not to. Uh, with me, that's always been kind of hard because um, occasionally, you know, people will post about things that just seems so, you know, like, you, you look at your trending list and you're like, oh, my God, why are people talking about that? Uh, but at the same time, you have to you have to figure that to those people, this is an important thing. So that's why they're talking about it. So to the people who read my horoscopes or whatever, you know, when I'm writing them, I am bearing in mind that, you know, there really are some people who this is, you know, how they start their day, and I don't want them to start their day with a sense of foreboding, and I don't want them to, you know, I don't want to put something in there that is misconstrued or taken badly, you know, it's, for me, it's a really weird um, kind of position to be in because, um, I don't know, back when I first started doing this, uh, it was with a company, not the company I work for now, there was another company that's since gone under, and they were out of the U.K. Well, we had a woman that consistently wrote into us asking for um, the courage to go to an audition. Um, I can't remember what the, the name of the U.K. version of um, American Idol is. Uh, it's it's pop Idol, is it? I, I don't remember, but... I talked to I talked to this woman quite a bit, and um, as I as I did talk to her, it, it was for, for a span of about six months. And as I talked to her, it came out that honestly, she wasn't actually a singer, and that really uh, she felt that she had a soulmate connection to the host. Wow! Well. well. Um, there were some people who were advising her in a manner that I consider incredibly irresponsible, um, telling her to just chase that dream and, you know, the secret and make it happen. And had they taken the time, had they realized that, you know, you've got a responsibility to these people, I mean, no, you know, I'm not ultimately responsible for any decision anybody makes, but at the same time, you know, just because I say that doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't make it true. Right. So if if I tell somebody, you know, here's this, and they go and they blow their entire life savings on something, then, you know, of course I could, I could try, I could say it was their choice till I'm blue in the face. 
But ultimately, to me, I'm going to feel a bit responsible. So, I, you know, I don't do that. But with this woman, based on all of the bad advice she had gotten, um, a couple months after the company went under, uh, there was a news story that popped up in my Facebook feed about a woman who had been arrested at this uh, audition event. And I don't know, I can't, you know, I can't say it was the same woman, but some of the things that that, you know, were expressed in that news piece about this woman made me go, oh, my God, you know, did the, you know, because when I would talk to her, I would always tell her, you know, you go for your dreams, but be realistic and understand that, sure, you yeah. know, everything. But others would tell her to just go for it and don't you, don't you take no for an answer and just very uh, fluffy, very irresponsible and, you know, those people, right, you know, when, when this woman got arrested, where were they? They were nowhere, you know. Right. And, but, you know, I see this story, and I always think back to that whenever, whenever I'm writing these things, whenever I'm, you know, actually advising on the, on the lines, I am always thinking, you know, bear in mind whether you, whether you think, you know, no matter what you believe, these are people who believe in you. So you need to act like it, you know? And, and, and that's one of the things that I know that you take issue with uh, that we've talked about in the past is that there are people who position themselves into being that type of a figure in people's lives. And, and they're doing – like just for an example, and I'm not, I'm not going to name any names, but there's somebody in New England area who is an author and a, and a paranormal researcher who also teaches classes and has decided to start teaching a class and telling people how to be psychic and how to use psychic abilities when I've never heard word one of this person having such abilities. But all of a sudden, they feel like they can instruct others on that. Now, it, in fairness, maybe it's because this person in their research feels like psychics are charlatans, and she's going to teach you how to how to pretend to be one, too. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what the course is going to entail, but there are people that's, that do get that spotlight, and they abuse it, in trying mm-hmm. to position themselves better uh, on the beliefs of others. Um, Want to be gurus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I've always called them. Like um, you know, if if you look at yourself, if you are in this position, and you look at yourself more as a motivational speaker, more as sort of a guide, or even you know, put yourself in the position you can't you can't legally say you're a counselor unless you are, but you know more. You think about it in more, more in those terms, and you try to adhere to the ethics that go along with that. Then I think that that's the better way to go. But I see these gurus all the time. They always have these super expensive courses for how to do this, how to do that, and they they make huge promises that they really can't. You know, uh, I I tend to believe that everybody has abilities. I think they're latent. Um, I know not everybody agrees with that, um, but I think that, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you how to develop them. You know, I can tell you how it shook out in my life, but I couldn't tell people, I, I really would not pretend to be an authority on these things. All I can do is say, here is what I did. And so for me, you know, I see stuff like that, and it kind of makes me uncomfortable, you know, um, because it's, and I see certification programs also 
really uncomfortable with that because on one hand, it's cool to see that there's some accountability. But on the other hand, who is holding the people that do this training accountable? You know? Right. I mean, there there are some watchdogs out there. I mean, you know, like uh, we had Bob Olson on the show, and and I know that he has a course that he offers. And did you end up taking that course? Um, I went through it a little bit, but I wanted to do it in a better mindset only because I was miserable and pregnant at the time. Um, But people like him who have a background in, you know, legal and, um, you know, detective type of work, he looks at it at a different, you know, through a different lens, I guess you could say, than most people. He's actually looking for the legitimate people that are out there doing the right thing and calling out those that aren't doing the right thing. Um, but this is a topic that I know, mm-hmm. Stephanie, that you... I was going to say, I've been holding back my rant this entire time because you know how passionate I am about people that do things like this. I think I agree with Victoria. It's uncomfortable. It's highly dangerous. You don't know what these people are dealing with. You don't know what can of worms you're opening. You don't know well, what... Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot recently with the the how to be a shaman. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. And then, you know, uh, there's all these Ayahuasca tourist things, and and it blows my mind. I mean, just like totally, wow, no kidding, you know. It's because it's a a trendy thing to do right now and because there's a lot of interest in it, so there are those who want to – you know, have their moment or or make their cash, and so they have no problem exploiting it, not realizing. You know, I, I gotta believe there's probably a number of people out there that legitimately feel that they have abilities and just don't understand what's going on. Yep. But there's just as many people that look at this stuff and say, you know what, this is all BS. And because I know and I think that it's BS and that these people are stupid and willing to fall for it, I'm gonna try to find a way to exploit them and make a buck off them. Well, and what other people don't understand is that just because someone's gifted, it doesn't mean they're a good person. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Yes. Even if I have seen some incredibly manipulative empaths, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it it makes it easier for them. So, you know, you can't can't assume that because someone uh, is gifted that they're automatically, you know, your best interests at heart or... If they're infallible, I mean, anybody with a gift, you know, maybe has a gift, but they're not a god, you yep, know? I agree. I, um, I've been approached many times over the past year to teach a, a psychic workshop and a mediumship workshop, and I haven't done it in years, and I took a break from it because my, my thing is I've had this since I was born, and um, I didn't develop it. Can I teach other people how to? Yes, but I told them that once you open the door, there's no turning back, and studying with me for years is realistic. Not one class, and you're done, and you can go take money for it. And that oh. shoots a lot of people down. They they want the instant gratification, like mm-hmm. driving through McDonald's drive through um, And I finally agreed, okay, I'll do one coming up, but it's going to be an introductory course, just a taste of what you could do. And if anybody is serious, then a mentorship is something that you want to look into, not a one-time fee and you're all set so people like that drive me insane in heathenry excuse me in heathenry and in other uh, other various old school you know more old school less new age Mm -hmm. stuff um this is a concept it's called thraldom which if you google that you're going to pull up stuff about slavery Mm -hmm. but that's not really what it is it's an apprenticeship right you know um i this is my other uniquely colorful past thing, but I have been through a tattoo apprenticeship. Oh, wow. 
And uh, for me, I, I realized going through the apprenticeship that just because I can draw doesn't mean I can tattoo, right. which is what an apprenticeship is all about. You know, uh, not only not only do you learn, but you are assisting somebody in what they do, and you learn by that, too. It's like, you know, you go back to Karate Kid, wax on, wax off. What did that mm-hmm. have to do with karate? It, it taught him to be humble. It taught him to understand, you know, these kinds of things. And you don't get that from, a, a, you know, a little course. You, know, right. you can you can open the door to further learning through these courses. But I really, I, I have a hard time believing, you know, um, that you could really fully understand how to harness any kind of gift in a six-week course. Oh, I, I agree. And Victoria just referenced Karate Kid. Yes. On Spooky South Coast, so she is forever in our hearts now for doing so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, such a dork. I get that all the time. People are like, wow, what's up with these dork references? No, no, I, we, oh, we you're so welcome here. I am the biggest they, nerd ever. So All of my May 4th horoscopes were Star, uh, Star Wars-oriented. Everything Seriously. I posted on May fourth was all Star Wars too. Yes. So I said I, I said three PO was certainly a Virgo, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, it, it's for me um, in terms of in terms of these kinds of gifts. I think that also people with with the New Age movement. And I know I, sh- I, I shouldn't do this because I'm an astrologer. That is like the crux of the New Age movement, right? But with the New Age movement, there's a lack of accountability. There's a lack of understanding that you don't you don't get these gifts to pad your wallet. You know you can mm-hmm. you use them for that. I mean traditionally that you know people took care of their seers, they took care of their healers. But you know so I don't I don't go in for that whole oh you shouldn't be charging thing either because that's a that, you know it's a fat load. Mm-hmm. You um, in in the in the uh, older you know in the older traditions of, of witchcraft and and other things like this, you have to pay a familiar spirit to get your insight, so right. it's always a transaction. But as far as the New Age movement, they've made everything literally instant. You know, no. you, you, you you want something. You think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have always said, you know, that's great. Positive, you know, positive thinking is great. I can sit in here in my office. And I am positive that my toilet is in the bathroom. I am also positive that I can use the toilet. But if I don't get up and I go go to it, then I'm going to make a big mess, you know. And unfortunately, the New Age movement has, has really pushed this idea that, you know, everybody's entitled to everything. And that's just not how life or the universe or any of this works, you know. I feel like that old lady in the commercial. She's like, no, this works. Um, but so it's always work? something that has really bothered me, especially I am seeing these courses and all they are, it's like the MLM for the spirit realm, you know? There's always a downline, too. It's really weird. <laughs> She's connecting all your worlds together. I know, it's so weird. It's like your new best friend. I know. The, uh, I'm already I'm looking up her Facebook profile right now because I like her so much. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, everything that you just described, though, Victoria, is if you want to apply it in a different way, it's the way that it, it you can blame the people that are the ones that are out there 
scamming people for money. You can blame the ones that are out there, you know, creating false hopes and false expectations. But in a way, the fault also falls on the people who are being victimized for having that blind faith in it. And it's a, it's a lot of what we see in religion. When people believe too much in religion, there's somebody there to take advantage of it. When you have that blind faith, you're going to throw hundreds and thousands of dollars at Jimmy Swaggart. Oh, see, now, I, I agree with you, sort of, but you know how I feel about victim blaming. Uh, I, I just, you know, to some to some extent, yes, but at the same time, I mean, you think about it. When you tie this into religion, um, you know, read the essays by uh, the, the people who have left Scientology or the, quiver, the quiverful movement, and you realize that there is a lot of um, dependency, the psychology of dependency that is just sort of forced on people in a lot of these cases. Um, as far as New Age goes, I think um, as far as, you know, they let themselves be scammed, um, I don't know. I have a really uh, – I got that accountability thing, and so for me, if – I don't know. I, in, in, I think, yes, do your due diligence and please research. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, you've got a little old lady who's, you know, living on a fixed income and she really believes in this woman and this woman says, well, I can do this for you. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I could blame that. I, if I could blame that woman for getting scammed, I, that's really yeah, hard for I, me. I can see that. I mean, you I know? think part of uh, what taints my view on it is that, you know, I'm lucky enough that Stephanie being, being my friend and co-host here, you know, she, as I mentioned, she has abilities. And she's somebody who I've presented her with opportunities, money-making opportunities. And everybody loves money. Yes. I presented her with these chances, and I said to her, you know, why don't we do uh, this event, and we'll have people come, and you'll make money for giving readings. And she said, you know what? I don't feel like I can do readings 100% right now, having recently had a baby and all that. And then oh, there was yeah. a, another opportunity recently where somebody that I know had a, a loved one who passed away and was dying to get in touch with somebody with mediumship abilities. And I said, you know, here's a chance to, to help somebody and, and, and make a little money for yourself as well. And she said, no, it's too soon. And anybody that agrees to take her on is doing her a disservice. So, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to work with people like Stephanie who would not take advantage of people. So it's so oh. out of my realm of understanding of how somebody can do that. If you, um, yeah, that's that's always been my thing. If you are working with, Somebody who, um, it's kind of a catch-22, um, because I've, I've seen this before, too. Uh, if you, if, if somebody comes to you and they're, like, very antagonistic and they're like, well, prove to me you can do this on the spot, sometimes you'll have people who really, they kind of do this, do a little sidestep. You ever see Best Little Warehouse in Texas? Uh, no, I have not. Not no, okay, well, was, when I was younger, I did, but not for a long the, time. The governor's song is perfect. You know, they'll they very slickly. You know, oh, because you're antagonistic, because you're negative, I can't. And and honestly, for me, um, that has always been kind of um, I don't know. I, you know, it, and it's where there's a balance is like with like Stephanie says. If you are very sick, if you are very stressed, if you are very, and believe me, right now, um, I'm first trimester pregnancy, my brain is just like, 
I have to force myself to focus a lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, Congratulations. But, thank you. But as far as, I mean, as far as it goes, um, people have to understand that if, um, if you cannot center yourself and you cannot ground yourself prior to the reading, and there are a lot of emotional, I mean, highly emotional situations in people's lives that would make that, you know, very true. Um, you know, if I'm going through the breakup of a relationship, for me, doing relationship readings, it, it's going to be, you know, if, I, if I'm not able to ground myself, if I'm not at a point of maturity where I can keep my opinion out of the reading and strictly, you know, you know strictly clinical, then I shouldn't be doing it. And that's one of the things um, when when I was uh, when I was in college, um, I I actually I have a associate in psychology, which means I have a lot of debt and not much to show for it. But um, but one of the things that they teach counselors and uh, you know psychologists is that uh, that objectivity. And I think that there needs to be something like that when you work in this. And being able to openly say, okay, look, I'm not in the headspace, that is the mark of ethics. That's not the mark of somebody being, you know, not having faith in their ability. That's somebody saying, okay, look, I'm not there. And I think that a lot of skeptics take that as an admission of fraud, which is, it, it's total, I, I can't say that, I'll, I'll do that word again. Right, yeah, you you get a beep another $100,000 fine for us. There we go. <laughs> but, you you got to get, get a beeper for me. Oh, but, are you familiar with the psychic Jackie Barrett? No, I'm not. Because she holds the record for incurring the most fines for us. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I made the mistake one time of uh, going overtime. You know, like you know, instead of doing a regular two-hour show, the the discussion was so great. I said, "Let's go to twelve thirty. And it's like as soon as it turned midnight, all of a sudden, like she turned into a sailor, like the way she was swearing. <laughs> and and she doesn't make any apologies, which is why we love her. Uh, well, but see, this is this is the other thing that I I, I tend to notice. The more genuine somebody with gifts are, the more sarcastic they are. Mm-hmm. The more the, the more they swear. Um, we have all kinds of you know like ulcers, and it's you know, and I it, it always cracks me up when you when you well, see um, you see the ones that are very fluffy talking about negativity, and then the ones who actually have any kind of gift are like twitching and you know, <laughs> you know bottle of Xanax. Oh God, you know. <laughs> That's my life. You just oh, described man, yeah. my entire life in three three seconds, maybe. <laughs> well, but I, I suppose part of that is when you have those abilities, you know, there's there's an accountability. So you can't you can't be fake. You can't be phony because, it's like for you, Stephanie, you always know that there's somebody watching you, yes. no matter what's going on. Yep. I mean, I own my own business too, so I have to be professional, I guess. But there's times where I I drop the f bomb constantly in. I've I've tried to make a conscious effort to stop because my poor six month old daughter is going to end up having it be her first word. So yeah, that, that's just a great story. <laughs> totally. But I, I I have um, kids from two to fifteen, and I can promise you, uh, your your kid probably won't say the f bomb. Oh, thank you. As the first word, um, I would have thought that my eldest. I, I seriously thought that. That was going to be him, but no, he said dad. It was oh, cool. good, good. There's hope for me. <laughs> I, uh, but I do all the time. I mean, you're just talking in general. It's just I, 
I guess there's there's no filter is what I tell people. I don't have a filter. I'm brutally honest, um, honest to a fault sometimes, and it's just who I am, and I can't help it. And I feel like it's a better way to be. So to hear that other people are the exact same way is fantastic because I thought it was well, just me. Yeah, and actually, uh, that's the thing uh, I really enjoy about the company I work for. Um, of course. I'm not pimping my company. I'm just saying this has been a really cool thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people, I I get a lot of questions about how I can. Um, I won't go into that. But, you know, uh, the thing is, though, my company, you have to understand, any of these bigger businesses, you know, marketing is important. And they know what they're doing with the marketing. And um, whether or not I necessarily am down with whatever concept, you know, it's their job to pull in business. And it's my job to work with those clients. It's not my job to market it. So, um, but the cool thing about uh, about my bosses has been that they are so open to my input. You know, um, they'll they'll throw me some copy that they've written. And I mean, the other day, uh, my boss Jennifer and I went back and forth for like three hours straight because I was like, no, I, I wouldn't ever say that. Come on, guys. You know. And so I, I'm really lucky because, uh, you know, though, uh, of course, there's still, you know, a little spirit fingers thing here going. But, you know, at the same time, I'm really fortunate that I do have a company that is willing to talk to me and get my input. And, you know, I may not always win. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the woo machine wins. But they they know you know, they know what the what what people are looking for and what's cool though is that as they're allowing me to be a bit more authentic and allowing me to be a bit more myself, we're also discovering that, hey, people are looking for that too. You know? And so it's kind of neat to watch the progress from, you know, the usual uh astrology kind of company to seeing them take my input and kind of blend it with what you know whatever the kind of marketing thing you have to do and then turn it into something that is kind of ever evolving to become something a little less disingenuous and that's cool to me you know I think that's awesome, only because I feel like people in general appreciate the honesty, and I feel like you would have more followers in general because they 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 see you as an equal to them and someone that's just you know honest and putting themselves out there and isn't you know sugarcoating. I guess you could say. Well, I've always that that's always been a thing for me that I I've always really enjoyed. Well, sort of enjoyed. Um, I, I'm kind of shy in person, um, but uh, one of the things that I've always I, I've always thought was really cool is I do I have a tendency to just blurt things out. I have a tendency to, you know, divulge a lot more about myself. I'm not I don't hide a lot, mm-hmm. and so as I've done this, um, it makes people a lot more comfortable with opening up to me. And I get a lot of people who feel like they can't talk to anybody else, and I I don't I I don't think of that as a you know I'm not fostering some kind of dependency there. That's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to do. Um, but it it makes me feel good that people feel like they can open up to me like this, you know. 
um, a lot of times uh, through the course of whatever conversation, I mean, I, I already know, well, you know, I already kind of know where it's going and what mm-hmm. they're going to say, but at the same time, you know, for somebody to be able to unburden themselves like that, it, it, it's really great. And I, I feel good about being able to be there in that capacity sometimes. Well, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't take a step back here. And I, I realize that we got into some of the deeper aspects uh, of discussing what you do, but I'd be remiss if I didn't just ask you uh, what the process is for creating a, a horoscope for somebody and for, for utilizing the abilities that you have as an astrologer. What, what is the process that you go through? What, I mean, um, what is astrology, essentially, is, uh, is kind of where the question's rooted. It really depends on exactly what you're looking for. If you're looking for your daily, your, your daily horoscope, uh, the cool thing about that is, Okay, while you do have these very generalized sun, you know, sun sign horoscopes, people need to understand that there are like 7 billion people in the world. Each one of those people born under one of those signs, right? So, yeah, they're going to be general because they need to be for everybody. But then if you take if I were to take all of your birth data, you know, day of birth, month of birth, year of birth, time of birth, place of birth, and then I input it into the program I have, then it will tell me exactly where the, uh, you know, the planets, uh, you know, a lot of people use uh, um, asteroids too, I do, um, but it, it gets very in-depth. In and then what you do is you kind of, uh, for a fuller horoscope, like if I were doing your personal, just straight up you, what I would do is I would um, look at the progressions. I pull up what's called a progressions chart. Then I would. Um, what we do is we look at the uh, the. I'm trying to think of the words. See, it's like talking and brain farting. I can write about this. But, um, the moon of of all the planets and celestial bodies, the moon is the one that kind of moves the fastest. So this is what they base the uh, sun sign horoscope off of more often than not. Um, I took it a step further. I know a lot of astrologers do and started to include different planetary transits as well. That way you can create a much deeper, uh, a deeper horoscope for people. Um, but as far as like the ones you see in the paper, that is usually based off of the position of the moon within the specific sign and the house's um, they go around in that there are 12 houses in everybody's chart. It's like a big clock. And so as the moon moves through those, you know, you get, you, you balance that with something called the ephemeris. And then basically that's how you draw it up. Um, for me, I'll take that information and then I'll take the transit information. And then um, I take what I know of design and I try to craft something that is, you know, a little more useful than don't get out of bed. You know? Well, but I, mean, I guess the million-dollar question here is: then what does that? What is the connection that that has? What? Why does it matter where whatever planet is wherever uh, in relationship to my life? And how does that have an effect on on who I am as a person and and what I do with my life? You know, everybody and their dog's got a different theory on that, and I don't know. Could you ask your dog uh, for me? I know that doesn't sound very authoritative, but uh, people say that it has to do with gravity, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about astronomy. 
Um, but then they also say that it has to do with the energies that these planets uh, represent. You know, earlier I was talking about Pluto, which is Lord of the Underworld, death, transformation, things like that. So, you know, if you have a whole lot of Pluto in your chart, then you're going to have the energies of that planet in your chart, in your life, in your personality. And that's the, the running theory and the one that I would say makes the most sense. Alright, I mean, I can see that too. So um, if somebody wanted their birth chart done by you, is that possible? Yes. Okay, how, then they can contact you on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it, it, I actually, um, recently, it was really cool, um, the bosses wanted me to do a promotional video and I have a complete and total fear of cameras. I'm like horrified to be on video. And I started doing that. Um, Dustin Perry actually pep talked me before it. It was the coolest thing. He is so sweet. He is. But he got me, uh, he got me feeling okay about it and I still went on camera and I babbled. But I started doing a lot of my readings, uh, via webcam. That's really which cool. Is neat. Um, I'm learning, uh, a new, see, cause I'm, I'm really, I'm a Luddite. I have books. I have things like that. So learning the technology is totally new to me. Um, but so for me, working on camera, I, I'm now learning a program that's going to enable me to show people the chart and kind of walk them through everything. Oh, wow. Which I'm, I'm really excited about that stuff. But it's, I got to tell you, if you would have told me uh, even five years ago that this was going to be a thing, I, I would have laughed really hard. Um, but, you know, I, I was doing it to help people out and for friends, you know, sometimes they would get me to do it for birthdays or whatever. And then I, I, I had no idea that people were going to enjoy it as much as they did. So this has been really neat. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to, um, message you to get mine done because we... I did a previous show before I came on to Spooky. It was part of Spooky TV, and we had somebody come on, and um, I mean, I gave her my information. She basically printed up my chart. I have it somewhere, and all she told me was that my sun sign was Aries, my moon sign was Pisces, and my rising was Gemini, and then she left me at that. So I'm dying to know. Uh, I didn't at all, which was good. (laughs) It was a good part, and she always promised to finish it, you know, for a fee, but... It just never happened, and then she disappeared off the face of the earth. So I'm going to have to, um, I'm I'm dying to know more about astrology in general. And I was trying to explain to Tim before the show, you know, how the three kind of make up your personality more so than just the sun sign. The sun sign just scrapes the surface, and he told me it went over his head. So <laughs> we, I told him we'd have to have you explain a little bit more about how it works into who you are. Oh, sure. I'll tell you what, Tim. I, 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 will, I, I will link you to... Uh some information if you want it. I, uh, there, there are lots of really great resources out there for anybody that really wants to learn astrology. It was just kind of neat. Again, another information age awesomeness, you know. Well, the way I see it is something, you know, as much as it seems, and, and to use, you know, to, to just to piss Greg off a little bit, to use some, something that's as woo as this, woo out there to me, there has to be some substance to it for it to have been part of history for so long. Right. And for mankind to have been dependent on it for so long. You know, the, the three wise men that they talk about in the Bible were actually yes. Zoroastrians, and, you know, they were coming to... to you know, give uh, you know to do the the chart up for for Jesus. I mean, this is something. That's... 
you're going to get me ranting about Ptolemy, and then all the the, the theologian dudes are going to swoon. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, see, back in the day there was Ptolemy, and he said, no, uh, yeah, it's uh, the history behind astrology is one of the just really, to me, that's one of the first things that drew me to this. Because, you know, my mom, my mom is a Gemini. My mom is very into astrology, and she would always be talking about this stuff. And I, I kind of remember, you know, having that teenage sort of, oh, come on, you know, thing going. And then I picked up one of her books, and I thought, well, you know, there has to be more to it than this. This looks kind of silly. So I started to research it back then, and the history here with the way that people have used astrology through the ages, I mean, like you said, you have major, you know, major political figures who go by this stuff. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is is that relationship astrology is only one facet. Uh, recently, I started learning about global astrology, and um, it's kind of funny because while I can babble on and on about relationship and natal astrology, when I'm in the 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 group with these people who are discussing world events and how they tie into different transits and what's going on, I am quiet, like mouse. I'm just, you know, I'm paying attention, I'm taking notes, then I go and I research further um, because, well, like I said before, you, 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 you go into this and you think that it's only this, and then you realize that people have been using astrology to do all kinds of things for ages. Sure. There were wars that were planned around, you know, astrological factors. Mm-hmm. And then if you, but I, what I learned recently was that even the ones that weren't, if you look, they happen during transits that, you know, supposedly inspire a lot of aggression and other political, it's, it's really neat, um, I don't know. Uh, it's not something I could really talk about with any kind of great knowledge because, this is, again, this is something I just started studying. Um, actually, that was really interesting to me because uh, one of these astrologers in the group, um, shoot, I forget what his name was, he made a post about the events in Ferguson. And, you know, I've been really vocal about that and uh, been very involved in helping the activists there. Well, he made a post about that and about the different events, but he needed more information in terms of, like, when when the city was incorporated or something like that. And I, I had no idea that you could do this kind of thing. I was, like, kind of blown away, you know. But that's the thing I've been studying recently, which generally doesn't appeal to people because they want to know about their love life and money. You know? <laughs> so here I, I, I'm learning about predicting world events and uh, studying how world events might kind of unfold this way. And it, it's, it's been interesting, that's for sure. Well, I, I really think that uh, as, as people are willing to expand their minds more and willing to accept more, they go back to a lot of things that uh, mankind has put faith and trust in for a long time. And things that we think are kind of passe now or we think is kind of you know old world thinking uh, can enter back into our lives pretty easily if we just become more open to it so I, I think that we're at a time in the collective consciousness of mankind 
where what you do is way more influential uh, on people than it would have been 20, 30 years ago. And that's probably why you're seeing the reaction that you are to people, uh, you know, not only being good at your job, but also the fact that people are willing to uh, put their faith and their trust in it more so than they had in the past. Well, if you look at that, it's not just spirituality. Um, that area of activism that I do work in, uh, a lot more, a lot of people are getting back to, you know, a lot of things like more uh, traditional ways of doing things in terms of gardening. You know, you have people keeping victory gardens now and all sorts of things. You know, uh, there's a rise in homesteading, which uh, is sort of like, I don't know if you, you ever saw the, the, the shows about the preppers. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the doomsday preppers. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. we normally have one in here in the studio with us, but uh, he's off tonight. <laughs> Oh, Homesteading is like I, I don't want to say the more rational version of that, but because it's not, I, I you know that would imply that I think that that is irrational. I don't. Um, well, and if I did, I wouldn't say so. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the homesteading movement is, is again, this is another area where that a lot of the collective consciousness is getting back to it. You you have um, a lot in in cities, keeping chickens is becoming trendy. Um, things like that. So it's it's not really just spirituality, but you know lifestyle decisions where people are taking it back to you know a different sort of mentality of I don't know I don't know where I was going with that. No, no, I really don't. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. But we are literally just about out of time. We have about a minute and a half left in the show. Remind everybody again where they can find you and your work. Uh, I work for Astrology Answers, um, but um, I, ha- I do have a Facebook page. Uh, my website is just a blog. I don't do anything. So uh, the best way to, to get in touch with me is either via Astrology Answers Facebook page or via my own Facebook page. Um, I don't, like I said, I'm a Luddite. I'm still working on this stuff. <laughs> so. Well, that's all right. And people can follow along with you on Twitter as well. Uh, and uh, your Twitter handle is at mid, M-I-D-W-P-R-H. Yeah. So. I totally, I always forget about that because I'm just, I, I just use that to goof around. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a good way for people to reach out and find out more. And we're already getting uh, comments on Twitter that they want you to come back for a second show. So thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, and really, this has been a fantastic discussion, and I look forward to continuing it offline in the future. Or online oh, cool. in the future. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you again very soon. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great night. And happy Mother's Day to you as well. Hey, thank you. And, of course, to all the moms out there, we wish you all a happy Mother's Day. Uh, Stephanie, you as well, and, of course, my wife, my mom, everybody out there that's listening, even if you don't you know, celebrate Mother's Day, there's, there's somebody whose day you can make a little bit better tomorrow. Do so. There's, you know... You guys, you know, you new agey woo-woo people preach that all the time. Always do nice things for yeah, people. pay it forward. I guess that I will do that then. And do a glass we will talk to all of you next week. Uh, we'll be back with another show. And, of course, you can always email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com or hit us up on Twitter at SpookySC. So until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim, and we want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>